In the dead of night, as people sleep, that is when the spirits creep. As the bell tolls three, dark things take power. We like to call it the supernatural hour. Welcome to the Supernatural Hour podcast. I'm your host, Raven. I'm Rogue. This is Doc. And this is Chad. I got leather pants on. And I'm actually in-house today. That's nice for a change. And I'm wearing pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) Doc just arrived from the emergency room and he's in his scrubs. They're seafoam green. And they match his microphone so that his microphone just kind of blends into his body. All about that style, guys. Yeah. No one's curious why I've got leather pants on. (laughs) Why don't we talk about the leather pants? (laughs) We just went right over the leather pants. I just didn't know if that was daily decor or daily clothing. I don't know. They are kind of shiny. Not super shiny. No, they're kind of a matte. So a gazillion years ago, our team got team photos, and they were cool photos. I tried to overdo it, though. I tried to have that kind of that sexy badass. I I overdid it, and I just kind of looked stupid. And are those the pictures that are on the website right now? Yes, they are. Okay, so <laughs> when you check that out, you know how she feels about her pictures. Are they? On the Wisps. On the Wisps website. Wisps.org. Wisps. 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 Yeah. So, yeah. So this time, it's like, no, we got we to gotta tone that down. <laughs> yeah, so she went to leather. So they're matte. kind of a matte leather. Matte leather, not shiny leather. And yeah. I have low heel boots instead of the Yeah, instead boots. of high heel boots. See how she changed that? And I wore a logo shirt this time. I'm interested to see how these turn out because A, it was kind of dark, and B, I'm sure like half of my pictures were like school picture day from first grade. <laughs> Something's going to be No, they're going to look awesome because Castle <laughs> from Castle's Photo Art ah, did them and, and they're going to be good. I guess if anybody can fix me, it'll be Castle. Yeah, no, they're going to be he awesome. He said he was all about Photoshopping. It was one of the first <laughs> conversations we had. <laughs> It's not photoshopping, it's oh. touch-ups. Oh, touch-ups, yes. Touch-ups. touch-ups. So there was one one of the last pictures we took, um, Castle said, Doc, you're, you're kind of dark, can't see you back there. We thought, well, we'll just photoshop you in. You know, <laughs> and you can say, we photoshopped me and I was there. That's right, and but then you still photoshopped <laughs> me in. Photoshopped you in. No, they're going to be awesome pictures, and I'm excited to see them. Me too. So, all right. On to the business. So we've got a few things coming up on October 9th, Saturday, October 9th, in Logan is the Bridgerland Para-X Paranormal Expo, and we are going to have a booth there, Advanced Paranormal Services will have a booth there, so we're excited to to do that. That's, I think, from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, up in Logan at uh, information's on our advancedparanormal.com site uh, for specifics on that. On October 15th. We have Advanced Paranormal is going to have an investigation at Petite Neat School and Museum in Payson, Utah. This is the place where where Raven went to elementary school. I did. And so I'll give you, I'll take you on a little historical Raven grade school. 
She might even have a picture to prove it. We're not sure yet. Maybe. I asked, <laughs> that so, should end up on the site. <laughs> so I asked my mom to send me a photo. And she sent me one. She says, how's this? She said, how's this? And I said, well, that's my little sister. But, you know, if my own mom can't tell who it is, then <laughs> I think our guess will be fine. Oops. We'll try to find a picture of me by the school. If not, we'll see little sister by the school. She just looks like me. She's just younger. So, you know, it'll work. <laughs> we'll give you the ambiance of me being there. So that's Friday, October 15th? Yes, um, we're excited about that. Again, tickets are available through Eventbrite or through our uh, advancedparanormal.com um, events page. So go out on there. Uh, October 29th, 30th, and 31st, Klaus is hosting Indian Hills Horror, which is a um, home haunt, which is really, really awesome. In 2019, they had over 1,000 people, almost 1,200 people a night. Uh, at that event um, it's a great haunt um, Doc has been involved with that for years um, I've been involved with it for a number of years uh, come on out to that it, it's it's a free hunt donations are accepted gladly but not required and we will have a booth there on the 29th and the 31st do you have the address posted? yeah the address is posted in fact you can go to advancedparanormal.com slash haunt if you go there, uh, you know, in your browser, and it'll come right up and give you the information. It'll show a, a YouTube um, video of the 2019 experience. Is no one going to ask why we're not there on the 30th? Uh, why aren't we there on the 30th? There's a football game that night. Oh. And oh. how many football games have we missed this year? Oh, we, we will miss three when it's all said and done. Football I'm not, I'm not bitter at all. ghosts, apparently. Ghosts Trump no. football. Ghosts Trump football. Oh, that's why you've missed the games. Yes. And you enjoyed but, the Arizona State but game. Football Trump's haunted house. Yes. Well, ah. I've learned. There's a hierarchy here we're dealing with. Well, see, and I did not know until this year that even though they post a football time, that time can change. Oh yeah. TBD, man. When you're looking at when you're looking at schedules, it's all TBD. So yeah, next, it's at twelve. <laughs> said twelve. So next year, folks, if you want to know, maybe when we're holding something in October or September, you just look at that BYU football schedule, and if there's a game, nothing happening. <laughs> if it's ghosts. a home game, <laughs> if it's a home game, <laughs> a game the ghosts won't be out. They'll be at the football game. Yeah. For all y'all who are curious, the address to the Indian Hills Horror Haunted House is twenty eight seventeen West. 950 North in Provo, Utah. And the hours are going to be October 29th from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., Saturday, October 30th from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., and Sunday, October 31st, Halloween night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. So come on down. It's a really neat haunted house. I've been to some paid haunted houses, and this is just as good, if not better. So, so Rogue, what you got? All right, so let's talk about some ghost hunting. Um, this last, oh, you know how time goes so fast. I think it's been two, maybe three weeks ago. I have a client, and her husband passed away about a year ago, and it was time to get the SLS out and see if we could help her to prove that she still thinks that her husband's there. Um he had like a he had a he has a medical room in the house that she keeps blocked off 
um, that he was military, so the military had come in and created a hospital bedroom for him. Um, and she doesn't go in there, and she still kind of thinks he's there. But when he was sick, he changed his will. And because of those changes, some things are going on in her life. And so she wanted to try to have some communication with him if we could. And so that's where I came in. Um, I brought my SLS with me. And an SLS is, just a quick overview. That's our piece of equipment that will show spirit in a stick figure form. It is the Connects. Mm -hmm. The Xbox Connects is the main part of the of the device itself. So if you're familiar with the Xbox and Dance Dance Revolution or some of those games where they would see the... The sports. Yeah, the sports. Um, it's that technology, although it's mapping figures of people that aren't there. Right, and we have acquired a few of those on our team, so we have that capability, and I like to get out and use it, so the more you use it, the more you kind of understand your equipment. Um, so we went out. With, I went out with that, um, and I was able to find him standing um, just at the counter, um, just kind of like standing there looking at her, looking at me, kind of like looking at the equipment. What am I doing here? Because I had the equipment out on the counter. Um, put the Ghost Meter Pro out and a K2, and we were able to get some yes-no answers out. Um, at the end of that, she called a probate lawyer, um, and it made her feel better. So it helped her to find a reason to call that lawyer that she really needed to to protect herself. So it, it was an interesting little twist to why I needed to be there. Um, usually we're coming out because, you know, things are happening or spiritual, but she needed a lawyer. And I was going to say, ghost law. I don't know that this is... Right? Is there, to me, is there any precedent different. for this? <laughs> a little different. A little different. So I'm still in touch with her, and she's just really thankful that... Uh, you know, there was the end result that she was able to make those choices. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. And then outside of that, um, just last night, I happened to be at one of our um, sponsors? Friends? Friends? Friends of? Friends of. All right. One of our friends of. And one of our former venues. Yes. And will be a venue again. That was an awesome venue. Yes. So if you've been with us, we were I was at the Barbary Coast, and it just happened to be an evening where there wasn't many people upstairs, so I asked for access downstairs, and I had a new member of the team with me, and we went downstairs and turned off the lights. And, uh, yeah, every snap, there was m- there's multiple activity going on down there, and nothing slowed down. Um, but we found a case that I don't remember seeing there in the last few times we've been there. And so we opened it up and went through it, and it was a little tea set um, in, like, moldy old newspaper from 1984. So it's been there. So here's the interesting thing is you showed, because you did a live. I did do a live. On Facebook. Yeah. And you showed the date of the newspaper. Yeah. It was my birthday. Really? I was like, that's my birthday. Well, that's not the year, though. Not the year. No, yes, yes, the year. I married young, not that young. (laughs) Yes, I was born in 1984. (laughs) Wow. No, not really. That's creepy. (laughs) That is creepy. So, so it was a good time. Um, So, yeah, jump on the Facebook, and you can see that I did go live right until the point where it was time to just shut all the lights off, and it was pitch black down there. 
So there was nothing to record and going live. So I kind of left. Um, we weren't down there for a long time, but we were down there for about a half an hour, 45 minutes. That wasn't it kind of impromptu? You didn't plan on Super impromptu. Yeah, it was one of the things. I was there, and I walked around the corner, talked to the bartender, and I noticed that I could get in there relatively easy. And I asked, and I was told yes. So wow. I went down. It was just one of those things. And the person I was with, Anthony, he made sure that there was no light. So that big heavy door that you use to get up and forth he went over there and he shut that door and we locked ourselves down there awesome yeah yeah so good times good times and then besides that though i didn't get to go with you back to santa quinn no so this is a residential we talked about on a podcast or two ago yeah it's been a couple i think it's been a while so it was in santa quinn it's a client that we've been to a couple of times and she and her husband are both sensitive and we had, you know, gone there recently, but she said, you know, there's more activity. It's, um, her dogs were acting weird again, and she has a, uh, like a, you know, decorative sign on her porch with a plant on it. And she says just where she has it sitting and, you know, the angle and everything on her porch, there's no way it can just fall over or blow over, you know. But every day it's knocked over, blocking her door. And she says, I can just tell that there's something doing that. And then she said, there's a door in her house that kept shutting. And she says, I get that, you know, sometimes if you've got a window open and it's windy and certain things happen, that doors will slam shut because, you know, pressure changes. But she said, this is slamming shut, but there's no door open. There's no window open. There are no doors open. And so, anyway, so uh, Chad and I ran down there and... They had another spirit that had come in um, through a portal. Because the last time we went there, we found that golf ball-sized portal in the backyard. And we determined we didn't need to close it. And this spirit was just trying to get attention because he wanted to cross. And, you know, he could tell that they knew what was going on, that they could sense him. And so he was trying to, you know, get their attention so that he could try to get some help. So we actually got him crossed over. We got the portal closed. And then we just taught her and her husband how to take ownership of their home and how to deal with, you know, the spirits that come in, how to give them boundaries. We taught them how to, you know, bubble themselves, however that is, you know, to put that shield up if you're an empath, if you're sensitive, so that you can have some peace. Yeah. So I, um, it was a good night. And, and some education. And yes. do we know, has the sign moved? I haven't heard from her. So we'll call that good. No news is good news sometimes. Yeah. Oh, on top of it, I've also had my machines. So another place where we've been on an investigation is my shops um, at Union Square. And I was getting triggers on my camera. So I went down because I could see I'm coming through the outlet right to my camera and flying around my freeze dryer. So I didn't like that because I've got one now that electrically is not working. It won't vacuum pump. They won't seal. So I'm not really appreciating that I'm watching this stuff flying around. So I had to go down and do a, a, a cleansing and get that to stop. And I keep watching and nothing has been happening. So, so far, so good. However, I'm not really sure how to stop something coming through the electrical box that is energizing from outside. There's a huge electrical box that's powering like the, the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So... It's found me, it's found my, my toys, and uh, it's playing down there. But we got that stopped. 
that's good. Yeah. So just really quick back to this. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, no, you're fine. And this is not even paranormal. But we went, um, when we left the house in Sanaquin, yeah. they're like, do you want some vegetables? They sent us home with ghosts. We have ghost peppers. Oh. Ghost peppers. They're That's super cute. hot, so I don't dare eat them, so they're still sitting on the counter. Yeah? Are you going to dry them up and maybe just grind them up and cook with them or something? I don't, I don't like hot. I don't, I don't mind like a little zip. Okay, I tried to put this clacky dog away, so I'm sorry. That's the just dog likes hound us. from hell. That's just his contribution to the podcast. You'll know that we have our company if you hear the little clacky clackies. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't. The ghost peppers have a lot of zing that I'm not. Yeah, if you don't like spicy, no, that's the wrong pepper to be eating right there. Yeah, but that's almost cool. the hottest in the world, in the world. right? Yeah, Isn't there something wonderful? Carolina Reapers, I think, are, are up there. Doc, did you give them a try? Not yet. Really? But I have them. You like that, huh? You like that burning like sensation? Yeah, I've got. A, I've already got a couple of ghost pepper sauces. I just, I'm a little scared to try the the pepper in the raw. We'll see how it goes. You'll have to let me know how you survive that. I had to yeah. warn my kids. I'm like, this pepper, don't just chow down. Oh, or do? <laughs> I'm just going to dip it in ranch and go for it. Oh, <laughs> you might want to double dip. <laughs> we'll see what That's happens. That's terrible. Ooh. That doesn't even. I'll sound probably good. be throwing up. By the time, you know, I get the thing down because it'll be right. so hot and right. oh, uncomfortable. That's not good. Yeah, no, I will, I will not be testing that. Okay, so we also had our Fort Douglas public investigation. We did, and, and that's a wonderful venue. I Isn't really it? enjoyed that venue. That was your first time there, huh? That was my first time there, and I'm so intrigued with the helicopters, the 9-11 monument. Memorial there. Yeah, I mean, there's so much more going on there than what I expected just saying we're going to the museum. I didn't really know where I was headed. So it it's a little different than when I was there last in that there was a used to be a big conference room um, in that first area that we that we met in uh-huh. and now they've got exhibits in it. And then when you go to the building just east of it, there used to be exhibits over there too, and now it's just a big open room with some storage. Is that where and they offices. were sewing the um the, the recreation uniforms? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Just the same The building. north offices? Yeah, where it had the reading room in the back. Yeah. Yeah, the library. And some of the things they'd moved, because I remember walking into that big room with the wooden floor. It's now empty with, you know, the storage stuff. And there used to be a statue there, or a mannequin that scared the living daylights oh. out of me. And I was kind of prepped for it. I thought, I turned, it's going to be there, and it was gone. And I realized, oh, I think it's over in the what used to be the big conference room. Right. Yeah, and we want to thank Bo and his staff for all of the help that, that they provided us there. It, They're awesome. It's a tremendous venue. Um, it's free to the public. Um, I highly recommend just going through it as a museum. It's it's a an awesome museum. With a lot of history. With a lot of history. And, yeah. you know, when we, when we do our investigations, we make a little PowerPoint, you know, with some safety tips and investigating tips and just history of the place and, and where hot spots are. And usually on that PowerPoint, there'll be two or three places that there's hot spots. <laughs> I said at the very top, everywhere, and then listed like 10 things. It's like there's activity everywhere. Yeah, doesn't the museum, right. I mean, the actual buildings go back into like the 1870s, 1880s? Yeah. Um, so that one little room that we went into, the poker room, mm-hmm. right? Didn't they tell us that was 1890s? Yeah, and it's, and it's pretty much hasn't changed. Right? You have to be careful. You can't stand against the walls. 
because they're chipping. You can't stand against the corners, edges of well, the floor. Could, yeah. Well, they're trying. Well, they're trying to have it be preserved. They've they've right. asked us not to lean on the walls because that is historic. Yep. Right, right. And in that room, that room took out two of the people on my team. My team went from eight to six in that poker room. Yep. Because you yeah. had a little activity where people started not feeling good? That's right. I had the youngest on my team, which so that upset me where I actually kind of got vocal being in there. Because, and I don't usually try to persuade spirit by all means. But if you're going to attack the child on my team, you know, at least come and talk to me and touch me. Um, and, and by that's child, it wasn't like a child child. It yeah. was she was 18 a, or 19. Yeah. She was an older teenager. A she young was adult. A young adult. There we go. Um, but she was a very um, introvert. You know, she was, yeah. Quiet, so introverted. She was. She was. So you, they really picked on the, the weakest link of the team, and I felt really bad. Um, so that's why it took out, too, because it was her and her mom that basically went out. Yeah, they came um, up up to the, to the front room and had a drink and... You know, a, a cola and, and some water. Was no, that with her mom or her and her grandma? It doesn't matter. Grandma. Oh, it, I think it was yeah, her grandma. grandma. Grandma went up. Yeah, yeah but they grandma. came up and you know we we took care of them, gave them some selenite and obsidian and and did, did some things to help them. Big shout out through our patreons, I believe. Yes, yes, they are, and we so love you. Awesome, you're always with me. So thank you. So I had an experience at Fort Douglas that I have not had before. Yes, I have seen. I mean, at Benson Grismill, I have seen an apparition. I've seen two, actually. Um, I have seen one at the, at the what's the name of that mansion downtown? That, that we went to the wedding. The, the McEwen? McEwen Mansion. The McEwen Mansion. I've seen one there. I've seen one in Chad's dad's basement. But I've never seen an apparition like this. This was a shadow figure. It was black. So when we, we were outside by the helicopter and I was just talking I don't even know what I was doing and I saw it looked like someone hunched over like they were trying to run and not let anybody see them and it was just black and I I it was so clear and so real I thought oh it's just a person right and I was waiting for them to because they kind of ran behind a tank and so I was waiting for them to run out or run across the street or gone poof nowhere and so I sat there and just stared for the longest time. And it was only 9 o'clock at this time, maybe 9.15. But, but dark. It was dark, but it wasn't like super late at night. And so there were people walking around. There'd been a, a ute game that night. Right, we're on a college campus. And it's on a college campus. There was people walking. So it didn't take very long for people to walk in the same area. And the people that I saw were smaller, and they were not all one color black. I mean, they had... You could tell the the skin tone. You could tell the colors on their clothing. I mean, I could tell, oh, that lady has on a red and white striped shirt and jeans. And the figure that I saw was pure. It looked like something that a little child had written with a black crayon or cut out of black marker. And, and the sizes didn't add up. And didn't someone else on your team also see it? Yes. And so... Um, one of our Patreons actually said, I saw that same thing kind of run kind of where you'd stop seeing it, because I explained where I stopped seeing it. She says, I saw it run from here over to this kind of grassy area between the two buildings. Um, so that was weird. I've never really seen a, a, an apparition or shadow figure that way. 
before. I've seen right. gray. So I've seen wispy white. I've seen. But this had like margins that didn't look defined. This was like just a black silhouette. Oh, it was defined. I mean, there's legs. It was hunched over. It had arms. It was. But it looked like a cutout. <laughs> well, I just mean it's just just black. Oh, gotcha. There was no. There was no texture. Texture. There was no three Dness. It was. It was like a shadow. Right. Interesting. It was, yeah. I was like, wow, that's a new one for me. Anyway, um, Fort Douglas. It's an awesome venue. We've been to it many times before. We'll go there again because it's always active. It's always a great place to, to head up. Yeah, and, and Bo and his staff were great. Um, it's, a, it's a neat, neat venue and a historic venue and just interesting. Okay, our main topic is being brought to you by Hotels Restaurants. There's one in Linden and Orem. They've got great Mexican food. It's great venues. Um, and it's not like your typical Mexican. It's kind of high-end gourmet Mexican. I mean, it's not like going to Los Hermanos or Taco Bell or something. It's different. Or Costa Vida. It's 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 good. Go it's better. It. Yeah. So uh, go visit Oteos. Give them a try. So today's topic is... I thought that was coming from you. <laughs> Did you hear She that? looked at me and I'm like, that, that wasn't me. That was straight up my stomach. <laughs> we say Oteos and dogs stomach, stomach growls. growls. Whoa. Holy cow. Wow. All right. Way to tag the video. <laughs> stomach growling for the recording. And go. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> so our topic is... Oh, so... Um, Sorry, I was just so enthralled with Doc's stomach noises. Okay. We're going to talk about Salem Witch Trials. It's spooky season. It's October. It's time to talk about all the spooky things. So we we kind of, last podcast, we kind of touched the surface a little bit with Giles Corey. I do, I made an error. During our last podcast, I said he was the only man that was executed as part of the witch trials. I corrected you on that. Did you already? Yeah. Okay. So he was he was just the only were, one that was squished. He was the only one crushed to death. There were two other two other males that were hanged. Yeah. So there there's others and we'll we'll talk about them. So yeah, as I was doing some research I was like, Oh, I think I goofed. You thought you made a mistake, but we corrected it. Yes. So you didn't make the mistake. Awesome. See how good you guys are to me? So the Salem Witch Trials started in spring of 1692. That sounds and like how long did they last? Only like a little over a year. Yeah. Like from February of, of 92 to May of 93. So the interesting thing, when I really started researching this, I thought it went on for a lot longer. I had originally as well. I kind of thought it was like a five to seven, ten-ish year ordeal. I mean, it was an ordeal. Right. But it wasn't but, even a year and a half. But when you start accusing the governor's wife, things get shut down. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, yeah. we're out. So during this time, um, belief in the supernatural, and especially something about you know the devil giving certain people certain powers, um, you know, witches, uh, was really kind of a thing um, in Europe as early as the 14th century, and it carried over... Um, you know, they just the way they thought back then was if you could do anything out of the ordinary, it was the devil giving you this power in exchange for your loyalty to him. 
And it couldn't be that you studied and observed no. and or tried something new. Or, hard work, what? Right. <laughs> so, but so this was just widespread because it had come from Europe. You know, sixteen ninety two. They haven't been in the United States for very long, so of course it's going to still kind of be a thing. Um, and you add to that just a lot of economic hardships. There was. Um, a smallpox epidemic. There was after effects of the British war with France and the American colonies. Um, there was fear of attacks from the. Can I say Native Americans? Is it Indigenous peoples? What do we say? What do we say to be relevant? Let's go with Indigenous, indigenous peoples. Okay, that Indigenous peoples. Um, and then there was a long-standing kind of rivalry between all the little communities. So it wasn't just the Salem witch trials. It affected all the little little towns right around there. So like, wasn't there like the Salem Village and the Salem Township? and Yeah, and then there were some towns like Danvers, and I've got them written down here somewhere. We'll get to it eventually. But there was like three or four little townships. Um, but I think Salem was the more affluent of all these little little areas. I mean, it even went into Boston, which at the time was really far away. But nowadays is a forty-five minute train ride. You say, "Hop on a train and boom." I know. I said, "Let's go Salem. there." It can't be that far away. Massachusetts is only like a smidge on the map. <laughs> <laughs> it's just teeny. Um, so, yeah, there's just a lot of suspicions, and then it even gets into as you, as we get into it, we'll talk a little bit about um, just the economy because most of the people that were accused had a lot of land. A lot of money. And grievances and political advantage. Yep. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Some politics at play. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So how did this all start? A couple of little girls. Bratty little kids. Yes. So in in 1689, um, William and Mary started a war in France. Sorry, started a war with France, not in France, in the American colonies, and it was called the King William's War to Colonists, um, and it really kind of hit and affected New York, Nova Scotia, Quebec, and so all of these refugees um, kind of came down into the Massachusetts area and into Salem Village in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, and oh, here's where it is. So it's kind of at the present day Danvers. Um, and Salem Town, which is now just Salem, were kind of the two biggest areas, and they're just you know right, right close together. Um, so this caused a real strain on the resources in the area, with all these refugees coming in, and um, it really aggravated the rivalry between the families that had ties to the wealth of the port in Salem, because as we all know, ports were very, very important back then. They're still important, mm-hmm. but especially important back in the day. And then those who still depended on agriculture. So they had a little tug of war there. Um, so there's also some controversy, and this is where it kind of, where we get into the starting point. There was some controversy over Reverend Samuel Paris, and he became Salem's, Salem Village's first ordained minister in 1689. And he, people didn't like him. People didn't like him. They didn't like him because of his rigid ways and greedy nature. Remember, mm. greedy nature. 
And uh, the Puritan villagers believed that everything that was going on, just because of these economic and political and social factors, they all thought that was the work of the devil. So they've already kind of got, you know, the work of the devil stirring the pot here in this area. So in January of 1692, uh, Reverend Paris has a daughter. She's nine. Her name's Elizabeth, and a niece named Abigail Williams, age 11, and they started having fits. Because they are... Nine and 11. That's what I thought. And if you've ever seen or been around a nine or 11-year-old, they do the darned weirdest things. Nine and 11-year-old girls. Well, boys have their (laughs) moments too, but yes, I I don't deny. Okay, they're nine and 11. Okay. Okay, get this. They screamed, Ooh. they threw things, uttered peculiar sounds. I have a hard time with the word peculiar. It's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say it. It's like the hardest word in the English language. They contorted themselves into strange positions, and the local doctor blamed the supernatural. To me, they were just bored having a good time. They right. didn't have Netflix and chill. So Doing they, somersaults, now we call it gymnastics. They contorted. Yeah. That's right. Now we give medals out for that kind right, of stuff. Yeah. Jeez. Come on. Ten. The times. Nine out of ten. <laughs> right. But in the day, um, the doctor came in and it was the supernatural. Yeah. That doesn't work these days. You don't have a diagnosis for that? No. As much as I like to be like, no, probably just the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I have no medical explanation there's for any no, of this crap. It's just no. the devil. I so like you that. have a code for the for the evil eye, but not yeah, for not the devil. Yeah, we do have mal de ojo, the evil eye. But yeah, oh god, if I could blame stuff on the devil, my job would get so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> you should try it one time and just see what happens. It's probably just <laughs> see if they'll take that for the coding. How, how are you going to build for that <laughs> demonic possession? <laughs> we'll try it. Yeah, so um, so he comes in, he says, yeah, these girls got the devil. So um, there's another girl by the name of Ann Putnam. She was also 11 who experienced similar episodes. Because she was 11. the same age, right? Right. Hey, they're doing it. I'm going to do it too. Yeah. Why not? Um, and if it, yeah. Kids don't mimic each other. Come on. Oh, never. <laughs> never. So... Um, Especially if it gets Kid A some attention. Yeah, exactly. Kid B won't go, hey, I can get attention too. Yeah. Kids. So, you know, they've got these girls having fits, which apparently didn't happen with children back then because um, they're getting this attention that's a supernatural. So uh, Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne, who were magistrates, you know, judges, um, started pressuring, putting some pressure on these girls, you know, to, to you know. What's wrong? What's wrong with you? What's causing this? They're 9 and 11 years old. Right. You've got these judges coming in, you know, putting pressure on you. These girls, and I'm putting in a little bit of my own conjecture here, but, you know, are like, holy crap, the adults are asking us what's going on. Let's come up with something, Right. So the girls blamed three women for causing these fits to come upon them. Um, first was Tichiba, the Paris's Caribbean slave. The second was a gal named Sarah Good. She was a homeless beggar. And old. Wasn't she pretty old? I, th- mm, I don't know. But Sarah Osborne was an elderly, impoverished okay, woman. So there was, was an old woman. But okay. 
I don't, I'm not sure how old Sarah was. They, they weren't going for top tier people at this point. It no. was like, oh, in society, you've got the an elderly person, a homeless person, and a slave. Pretty right. easy targets. It easy seems. targets, exactly. That they don't, you know, there's not really going to be anyone to come and stand up for them and say no. You know, right. they're they're cool. So, um, you know, so these girls said, yeah, these guys have have cursed us. They've, you know, made the devil come upon us. So Tichuba, along with the other two women, um, arrest warrants were issued for them uh, for bewitching these children. So off they go. Just off of the words of a 9 and an 11-year-old. Yes, because, um, you know, I would take the words of children in court any yeah, day. Any. <laughs> That's great. Who were having fits. All right. Children would make terrible witnesses in court. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I ran across my, at the time, almost nine-year-old's journal from last year in school. I wasn't trying to read the journal. I'm not that one. But it's just like, oh, here's a notebook. Is it full? What? Whose is this? Where, whose room do I put it in, right? And the first page was about a trip we took to um, South Dakota. We went to... Um, Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore. It's a friggin' mountain with the faces of men carved in it. Yeah. For heaven's sakes. Yeah. Seems okay. like it seems like a big thing. Think you think that no. It was the best vacation ever, the best summer ever. And it's because we went to a cowboy museum. There you go. We just happened to go into some cowboy museum in Cody, Wyoming, which is really cool, but they were closed and so we got to go in for like all of ten minutes. So never mind the fact that someone literally carved faces into a mountain. A granite mountain. <laughs> or <laughs> Devil's Tower. Or, or Devil's, Devil's Tower. Tower, which is an incredible, yeah. Or, you know, um, Sturgis <laughs> with literally a gob ton of motorcycles of on, on, on Harley Week, right? You went during Sturgis? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. But That's hilarious. Cowboy Museum. We went to a Cowboy Museum for cowboy 10 minutes, museum. and it was the best summer ever. <laughs> that is the mind that we're working with here in the Salem <laughs> Nine-year-olds. <laughs> I know my wife is thinking of something right now. About a time when I was at work you know, doing OBGYN, doing L&D, and I was living in Texas, and my mom came to visit me from Utah and surprised me. And I saw her at the hospital and was like, oh, what are you doing here? Well, you know, surprised. My wife was aware she was coming. I got home from work, and she said, how was work today? And I said, eh, I was fine. And she was like, did anything happen? And I'm like sitting there going, all oh, my patients lived, had a couple good deliveries. No, everything pretty good. And she was like, so like no one came to visit you? And I was like, oh, yeah. And my mom came from like four states away. I forgot about that part. <laughs> so you're saying you wouldn't make a yeah, good. probably I probably wouldn't make a great witness either, apparently. Jeez. My wife, I knew my wife was thinking about that when you mentioned the cowboy thing and neglected all the other major facts. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just going to own it right now. That was me, too. Yeah. I mean, it was a joke as we got a little closer to Sturgis. It didn't matter which direction you were looking in. There was at least three or four Harleys coming at you. And when we the first time we saw a bunch, because we knew we were going on Sturgis week, right? So it's like, hey, kids, look, motorcycles. And we explained what Sturgis was. And then... Literally, 10 seconds later, look, kids, motorcycles. <laughs> and it got to be a joke where we're like, look, kids, 
We know motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> thousands and thousands of them. Like for two, three days. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't let it go. No, we kept it up. <laughs> Just because we knew it was irritating the heck out of them. <laughs> but the cowboy museum that we went to for ten minutes in a rushed way was the best summer ever. All right. Um, so where are we? So Back to nine-year-old girls in Salem. Yeah. Okay. So 1692. That sounds like it should be a song. So all three women were brought before the magistrates. And back then they didn't, I mean, they kind of had to, you know, go to the courthouse. But some of these were done in, in the magistrates' homes. Some of these trials were done in bars, in little taverns. I mean, it was just kind of, oh, you're a judge. Okay, I guess we're at court. You know, let, let's try you. I'll, let me finish shaving and I'll come down into my parlor, you know. So um, We were in one of those houses. We were. And you had an experience. Yeah, I brought someone home. That was awesome. Yeah. Is that the one that you saw in the house? Yes. Okay. Yeah, she came. She came to the house. We've talked about that before, but we can hit on it when we're done. So these three were brought before the magistrates, and they were interrogated for several days. Um, And this started March 1st of 1692. Um, Osborne, she was the, the older woman. She claimed innocence, as did Sarah Good, the beggar. Um, but Tichuba, the Caribbean slave, she confessed. And her words say, the devil, I can't read. The devil came to me and bid me serve him. And she described these elaborate images of black dogs, red cats, um, yellow birds, a black man who wanted her to sign his book. Um, she says that she signed the book and that there were several other witches around that wanted to destroy the Puritans, you know, in the area. Um, they put all three of them in jail. I wonder if she was just like, you know what? F it. We're going to blow this stuff up. I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want havoc? We'll make havoc. Right? I know. I can just hear going, for real, guys. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of other witches, too. Then, Good luck finding out who's who. <laughs> you wonder, though, you know, she was from the Caribbean. You know, was she involved in any sort of like a voodoo type thing and to her it's not a big deal you know she's probably thinking what I don't know yeah maybe I'm just thinking heck I'm a slave I got an opportunity to just get back at this entire freaking town let's do it right (laughs) gonna die anyway yeah why not yeah she probably thought I'm screwed so let's just have fun (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna take out a whole bunch of these people (laughs) we're gonna go out in style (laughs) taking some with me So, anyway, so they put them in jail. Her um, confession, everyone goes wild. I mean, just a frenzy. And I kind of I kind of want to say, did they just have nothing to do? When you don't have Netflix and chill, do you just... <laughs> that was their entertainment? Woo-hoo! Now we're going to just accuse everybody. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And you think of the, the religious... Um, fervors in, in the 1800s and 1600s where, you know, religion and these these tent meetings and all these things, you know, you'd have a traveling preacher come through and, and that was the entertainment. Right. That was the social event of the week. Um, you know, we kind of with church now, you know, it's a little bit different. We got the NFL, we've got all of these other things that take from us now, but, 
you know, you you think of in in the seventeen hundreds and sixteen hundreds. Oh yeah. You know, you're working in the fields all day, working your butt off, trying to trying to stay alive and make a right. make a living, literally. And you get to go sit in a <laughs> building and listen to somebody, <laughs> you know, tell you stories and entertainment. That I think and in hang many with ways, your, yeah, and hang, and with, hang with your, with your friends and, and your neighbors. Friends. And it's a, it, it was a social event, you know, not just a religious meeting. And I think, you know, like you say, it's kind of that same thing. And then you throw in a trial. You know, you think right. about it back and then. And, and boy, if you were going to have a hanging. Yeah, get, yeah, you know. Well, this kind of goes back the to the dance the craze that we did, you mm-hmm. know, right. in the 50, early 1500s. Oh, there's people dancing all day? Let's go watch. Let's go build them a stage. Let's go. Right. We're going to help them out. Let's make them some little shoes. Let's hire a band, an orchestra. <laughs> yeah, so in, in many ways, Thank you, this, Netflix. this was the, you know, the height of entertainment. Right. Giles Corey, you know. He and his wife were going to those. We talked about that in yeah, the last they were episode. Attending the how they were attending those and, and getting very into them. All right. Um, so, just, you know, with this little seed of paranoia that's been planted, just a stream of accusations followed over the next few months. You couldn't blink too fast without someone accusing you of being a witch. And um, so, there was some charges that they levied against a gal named Martha Corey. And Martha Corey was a really loyal member of the church in Salem Village and just really kind of considered a pillar of the community. You know, everyone looked up to her, everyone thought she was amazing. You know, she dotted all of her I's and crossed all of her T's. And if she could be a witch, holy cow. Right. The devil got to anyone and Ms. Corey. Everyone Jesus. was gonna be a witch. Well that's because there's an I and a T in witch. Exactly. And she dotted them across them. Ah. So it got so bad. Bad dad Wow. Bad wow. dad joke. I just, do you see how I just ignored it and just moved on? <laughs> that um, was really bad. <laughs> hey, I didn't bring up the I's and the T's. You, you, you kind of did. Oh, okay. All right. We'll move past that. Well, yeah. move, moving on? Yeah. Moving on? Yeah. Okay. So, um, Sarah Good, we talked about her earlier. It got to the point where they even questioned her four-year-old daughter, Dorothy. Oh. And her timid answers. Imagine a four-year-old being, you know, I'm, I'm sure that these weren't men that were like, hey, Dorothy, how right. you doing? Yeah. Hair hold a teddy bear. So, Dorothy, when did your mom become a witch? No, <laughs> I... Exactly. Has your mom been doing weird things? <laughs> Point to the teddy bear where the devil touched you. Exactly. <laughs> they were probably a little pointed, those questions. They probably weren't very ambiguous. <laughs> no, I, I don't think their questions... I don't think their questioning was gentle, but even her little timid answers, a four-year-old, was... Um, con- they, they considered it a confession. Four-year-old. From a four-year-old. From really? a four-year-old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like people, she's probably barely knowing her colors. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if maybe even that, I mean, really. She probably knows her colors. She no, with today's lens, you're like, aren't we grasping at straws here? Come on. <sighs> Using children. So um, it got, and remember, all of this happened in a year. So they actually came up with two different types of um, establishments. Uh, this is in May 27th of 1692. So you remember, everything kind of started in February. So this, within four months, um, Governor William Phipps ordered uh, the creation of a special court of Oyer, O-Y-E-R, to hear, and Terminer to decide. 
So you had kind of your hearing and then your, um, what am I looking for? Your sentencing, dis- basically. Sentencing your sentencing, or, pretty much. Or judgment, yeah. And he made this for three counties, Suffolk, Essex, and Middlesex counties. Um, the first case that was brought to the special court was Bridget Bishop. She was an older woman. She was gossipy. She was a little promiscuous, so maybe not quite By Puritan your, standards. <laughs> not quite your ideal Puritan. Maybe she winked at a cute guy. I don't know. I don't know what it is to be promiscuous. Showed, in the a, little, showed a little system. ankle there, maybe. Exactly. Mm. A little wink, little ankle. Woo! Um, <laughs> so if when she was asked if she committed any witchcraft, she responded, I'm as innocent as the child unborn. And apparently this was not very convincing. Um, she was found guilty, and on June 10th, she was the first person to hang, to be hanged on what's later known as Gallows Hill. Jeez. So. She's like, no, like, just like, a, like an unborn justice. baby, and they're like, no, nope, kill her. No, you're done. We're done. So, um, yeah, kind of cleaning out some riffraff here, you know. Heaven forbid you're gossipy and a little promiscuous. And have property? Did she have property? Oh, yeah. Did she um, own any land? <laughs> good, good question. <laughs> I didn't say that she did. She may have. I just didn't run across that in my... All I know is that she was older and she had gossipy habits and promiscuity. Wow. So, um... It's tough being single. Yeah. She was convicted at the end of her trial, sentenced to death. She was hanged on June 10th, 1692. Um, And the place, you'll hear Gallows Hill. And if you ever go to Salem, there's a little thing on Gallows Hill but it's actually called Proctor's Ledge, and it's a small hill near Gallows Hill. And she's the first official victim. I don't know what, why, why I call it Gallows Hill. Just go to Proctor's Ledge. Mm-hmm. I, so I mean, Gallows Hill sounds cooler. They're like, Gallows Hill. Oh, but it wasn't really here. See that little hill over there called Proctor? It was really there. It was there. actually there. Just go there. Because it's easier to push him off the ledge with the, with the noose. Because there's a, a drop. People are weird. Way to analyze that one, Chad. Thank you. That's good. We've seen the ledge. We've seen Proctor's Ledge. I see. Okay. Yeah, we've been there. All right. So how many went off? How many went off? Well, those? so um, after after Bridget Bishop, who was the first one, and then, you know, they're like, okay, this is a thing. Let's do this. Five more people were hanged in July, one of which was a gal named Rebecca Nurse. And... Her her execution was actually kind of a pivotal moment in the whole Salem Witch Trial fiasco. Um, a lot of the accused women were kind of unpopular social outcasts. Um, she was actually quite pious, well-respected, and a well-loved member of the community. So kind of like that earlier gal that we talked about, kind of like a Martha Corey. And when she was first arrested, a lot of members of the community signed a petition saying, you got to release her. You know, we've, we have gone too far. You know, she's, oh. she's a pillar of the community. And, um, uh, then they accused those people of being witches, <laughs> right? Yes, they oh, did. you defended the witch? You must be, be a, witch a witch too. So they didn't release her, right? Because they're in this fervor of, oh, everybody's a witch. But everyone thought, oh, she, you know, she is such a stellar person in the community. She's going to get let off, so we're not going to worry about it. Um, her initial verdict, when she finally did go to trial, was not guilty. Um, but upon hearing the verdict, those little 9- and 11-year-old girls are starting to feel like, like they're losing their power. And again, I'm kind of inserting my own supposition here. Um, 
they started having fits in the courtroom. So like, oh, sorry, we meant guilty. Wow. <laughs> sorry about that. And so... You know, it's not like she stood up and said, hail Satan or something, like right, right after the they're not like, guilty verdict. Yeah, no, she's not guilty, <laughs> and then the little girls start having fits. So um, uh, the judge, whose name was Stoughton, asked the jury to reconsider the verdict. Well, a week later, they go back in, and they change their mind and said, no, she's guilty, she's a witch, because she gave these little girls Jeez fits. Louise. Because if I'm a witch and just getting away with yeah, it, I'm going to totally just. I am going to yeah make little girls freak out because in that's going to be good for me in yeah. front of everyone. What? I'm innocent? Well, I'll show you. Yeah. Let me prove I'm guilty here. Hold on. Give me a second. Did I not do enough the first time? I want to be hanged. You know, that sounds like a Jeez. great way to die. Yeah. Oh, honestly, people. Okay. Um, that's crazy that they just straight up are like, no, nope, let's do this over. Crazy. So, you know, it's interesting. When we talked about Giles Corey, we said his death made people kind of rethink everything. Apparently this one, you know, kind of started to get people to go, but not everybody. There's a lot of people that thought this is not right, but there is just enough fervor that those people that said no. Mob mentality. Once mob mentality gets going and people, you know, people, they start working on emotion and not on logic. Right. It can be it can be literally deadly. Yeah. So there were there were a handful of people, I think eight or nine people that um, were in prison, but they escaped. So escaped or just weren't executed. Escaped. Okay. So there's a fellow by the name of Captain John Alden Jr. who was accused of witchcraft, and he was the son of the Mayflower crew member John Alden. And. Um, he was accused of witchcraft also by a child when he made a stop in Salem. He didn't even live there. He was just on his way home to Boston from Canada. Happened to pass through Salem and some little kid was like, eh, witch, a witch, a witch, a witch. Really? And he spent 15 weeks in jail. Uh, but his friends helped break him out and he actually escaped to New York and then was later exonerated. But, um, yeah, there were, there were I've, I read a list of seven or eight people that escaped and got away. So. Yeah, they saw the writing on the wall, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to bail now. Well, and, good. A, and From my understanding, you might get e- be getting into this, but many of the people that actually confessed of being witches were let go. As long as you're willing to, oh. and some of the others, as long as they would confess, you know, that they were witches and repent, they would they would let them go, is my understanding. And then, you know, if you said you weren't a witch... And you would die with your, you know, without confessing that you were, they, you know, they would hang you. So, interesting situations. So, one of the interesting little tidbits of, um, of what's the word I want, evidence that they would use was what they called spectral evidence. And it was just a few days, um, I think after Bridget Bishop was executed, that a minister by the name of Cotton Mather wrote a letter just you know, imploring the court, just saying, please don't allow spectral evidence. And what spectral evidence is, is testimony about dreams and vision. Visions, because, you know, oh, I had a dream that you were a witch. Oh, you're a witch. Um, and the court really kind of ignored this request. And uh, five more people were sentenced and hanged. In July, which was, f- and five more in August and eight in September. 
Many um, based on spectral evidence. On the spectral, because of the spectral evidence. Because someone says, I had a dream they were a witch. They didn't even do anything, but I just dreamed they were. Yeah, my wife gets mad at dream me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm mad at you. And I'm like, why? Why had a dream you did this? And I'm like, I didn't do that. I know you didn't, but I'm still mad about it. Okay. I've been there too. Yeah, my, my wife's like, dream you's a jerk sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so you need no to work spe- on that. No spectral evidence, guys. <laughs> Thumbs uh, down on that. Thumbs down on spectral evidence. <laughs> so, uh, you know, September was really a deadly month. They had eight, eight executions in September, and on October 3rd, um, uh, what's his name? Cotton Mather. His dad's Increase Mather. That's his name, Increase Mather. They had some cool names back then. Yes, Cotton. they did. Cotton Increase. So Increase was the president of Harvard, and he denounced the use of spectral evidence. He's like, guys, you cannot use dreams as evidence. No bueno. Somebody's getting Finally, it out. right? Yeah. Um, he it, actually, took a, it took a Harvard president to come up with that one, right? Huh? <laughs> um. So he actually said it were better than 10 suspected witches should escape than one innocent person be condemned. So Well, they kind of blew that one, didn't they? <laughs> so increase, he, he knew what he was talking about. But they, were, they were going with the inverse <laughs> philosophy. Like, let's just kill 10 of them. We'll at least get one witch, right? We'll get one. Just kill them all. We'll just be safe and sorry. So Governor Phipps... <clears throat> Choking on my spit there. <coughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> Nothing. I have a history with the name Phipps. Not a fan. Okay. okay. I just, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> there's head shaking and hand gestures, I feel like. <laughs> I'm just sitting in the corner watching all of this. Unfortunately for all you good Phippses out there, I associate that name with a lot of meth abuse and jail time. Wow. <laughs> Not personally. Really? Oh, okay. No more about that. Okay, so um, Governor Phipps, you know, listened to to increase, and um, and he he finally prohibited further arrests because of uh, spectral, spectral evidence. evidence. He's like, okay, we um, we're gonna just do away with this. So what he actually did was he went, um, he kind of uh, he did away with. Uh, the Court of Oyster and the Court of Terminer. We talked about those earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he did away with that on October 29th, but he replaced it with a Superior Court of Judicature. Judicature. Yeah, that's right. Court of Judicature, um, which disallowed spectral evidence and only condemned three out of 56 defendants. Oh, that's getting better. Getting better. So what I don't understand is why not keep the other two and just say don't use spectral evidence. Because judicature sounds cool. It kind of does. It's kind of fun to say. <laughs> judicature makes me sound fancy. If that's even right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're making some wild assumptions here that we actually know how to pronounce these words. Some some law professors going, shh, right? <laughs> All right, butchering this. That's assuming we have a law professor listening. If you're a law professor, go ahead and uh... send hate mail too. <laughs> um, so you know these these accused witches, they were considered dangerous prisoners. 
Um, so while they were being held in the dungeon, they were chained to the walls. They couldn't just, you know, sit and, you know, play video games and work out on the weight bench and stuff. Um, they were chained to the walls because jail officials believed that this would prevent their spirits from fleeing the jail and tormenting their victims. You know, some astral projection wow. going on there. Right. So if you're chained up, you can't astral project. I was going to say, you exactly. should probably still be able to that do that. Okay. I'm really confused. That's interesting. <laughs> We'll if, chain you're un- you. if you're unchained and locked in the room, you can astral project. But if you're chained, we got you. Yeah, your spirit is just chained there with you. I don't know, maybe if you're a vampire and the chains are made of garlic, would that work? Just the, the absolute, like... I don't know. Even the wow. illogical things are wildly like, illogical, and you're just like, what is going on here? Well, right? if we're going to listen to nine-year-olds and 11-year-olds, <laughs> like, why should this be any different? Saying, and mean, interrogate four-year-olds. There is, there's very little logic in general, but it's like, what there's the zero. hell? We're going to chain you down so your yeah. spirit can't fly out? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Yeah, so basically, to kind of wrap it up, um, Phipps, the governor, eventually pardoned everybody who was on, in prison um, because of witchcraft charges by May of 1693. But Havoc has already just been... So do you have a number of how many were, were executed? I do. So 19 were hanged on Gallows Hill, which was really Proctor's Ledge. Um, a 70-year-old man, Giles Corey, we already talked about him. Other places said he was in his 80s. This one said he was 70-year-old. was pressed to death with heavy stones. And um, did not confess. Did and not said confess. more weight was yep. his last words. Several people died in jail, um, and nearly 200 people overall had been accused of being witches, practicing the devil's magic. What was the town population? I think 200 sounds like an awful lot for a town like that. I'm curious, because... look that up. Jeez Louise. Um, so... These girls, the nine, eleven-year-old girls, they're the main yeah. accusers, right? Um, a lot of people that have kind of studied this, you know, because a lot of people are like, "What was really going on?" I think they were just nine and eleven-year-olds being bratty, bored. Right, I agree kids with you because the Puritan religion, and I have nothing against the Puritan religion, but it's pretty strict. Um, and I can just see these girls going, "Oh my gosh, I just need a minute to be a kid," right? Um, but a lot of historians that have kind of researched this think that these girls' parents, particularly Thomas Putnam and Reverend Samuel Paris, were kind of egging the girls on. Because um, and, and remember, we talked about how people didn't like Governor Paris because he was greedy. He had a right. greedy nature. Right. So a lot of these um, historians think that they that these parents were egging these girls on and encouraging these girls to do this to accuse specific people that they didn't like as an act of revenge, um, and also because they had money and lands, and if they executed them, then they could go in and, and take those. Because those. remember, right. we talked about Giles Corey took some safeguards to protect his land. He gave it his lands and holdings it's to his, his children so that they couldn't get it. So I wonder how much of it was just kind of a political Little, money Literal grab. land grab. Right. I mean, to put it in perspective, I looked this up. This is from Tulane University. They said the population of Salem Town and Village at the time can't be stated with precision, but they estimate the combined area was about 2,000 residents, with the population of Salem Village numbering between 500 and 600. Right, wow. And the reason so they can't... 200 people? That's 
10% of the people yeah. in the combined area, one in 10, was being accused of being a witch. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the reasons they can't say that definitively is because of all those refugees right, coming a lot in of from, flux. The, from the war. Um, but that's just, that is an astronomically high number when you're thinking one in every 10 people had been accused of witchcraft. Golly. So these are the ones that were found guilty and executed. Bridget Bishop, Sarah Good, Elizabeth Howe, Susanna Martin, Rebecca Nurse, Sarah Wilds, George Burroughs, Martha Carrier, John Willard, George Jacobs Sr., John Proctor, Alice Parker, and Mary Parker, Anne Pudator, if I said that wrong, I'm so sorry, Wilmot Red, Margaret Scott, Samuel Wardwell, Martha Corey, Mary Eatsy, and then refused to enter a plea and tortured to death was Giles Corey. But did you notice Tichibo was not on that list? Yes. Yeah, because when she owned up, they were like, oh, I guess we're good here. So let's see, I've got a few other little facts here. Um, do I? Some people, could, so you know when we talked about the 1518 dance craze and with the, with the mold on the wheat as a possibility? Right. Some people think that that could also be what caused their fits. Caused the fits of the kids. But mm-hmm. if we go back to the fit of, oh, hey, this person's innocent, and then the girls have a fit right there in yeah. the courtroom, that lends <laughs> me to believe... just eating a bag full of wheat. I know, right? <laughs> in the middle of court. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but but there there is some with the mass hysteria. I mean, oh, some yeah. of this pulls into the mass hysteria. Maybe not the, the um, mold... Right. Induced, but that whole idea of mass hysteria oh, that people absolutely. just start feeding on the same emotion and things that other people are doing. But oh, the idea of the dad egging them on for certain people mm-hmm. lends to, you know, the girls having a fit after the innocent. Right, because maybe the parents wanted yeah, that the, woman convicted. The they wanted their. Looks at the kids. Okay, you better start shaking right now. Exactly. Jeez. Um, we talked a little bit with Giles Corey about how it's a common myth that which victims were burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. And factually, we again, we've already kind of talked about this, but no accused witches were burned at the stake in Salem, Massachusetts. That was more of a European uh-huh. activity. It says right. um, Salem was ruled at the time by English law because they were still under English rule. And they only allowed death by burning to be used against men who committed high treason and only after they had been hanged, quartered, and drawn. Wow. So well, after that, it wouldn't really matter. Yeah, but I say, eh, burn me, whatever. Right? It's like, yeah, go ahead. The hanging part was probably enough. Enough. <laughs> yeah. And then just this little, um, this little blip that we've touched on a little bit. Um, just that most of the accused had their estates confiscated if they were convicted. So a lot of historians think that religious feuds and property disputes played a uh, large part If they of this. pled guilty, did they lose their property? Instead of they were convicted, I just didn't know. I think if they were convicted. They probably lost their property if they pled guilty, and that's probably why Giles Corey did not, you know, right. did not uh, con- confess to being a witch. Right. 
um, because even if he was let go, he would have lost his property. Yeah, well, I was just wondering if they were like, oh, guess your estate's now the property of the church. Yeah. We own it now. You know, and Tichba didn't have anything to lose because right. she didn't have any property exactly. as a slave. So own up. Right. Just do it. Yep. So um, after the trials and executions and everything died down and, and went away, uh, many involved, such as Samuel Sewell, publicly publicly confessed error and guilt, and, and he felt bad. Um, on January 14th, 1697, the general court ordered a day of fasting. And um, what's a good way to put it? Soul searching. Just kind of think about what you did. Um, because it was a tragedy, you know. Doc just looked up the population, and that's a big chunk of population. Yeah, 2,000 people, 200 people were being accused. Um, in 1702, so just... What, five years later, the court declared the trials unlawful, and in 1711, the colony passed a bill that restored the rights and good names of those accused. Um, they actually gave restitution in um, 600 pounds to the heirs, uh, but it wasn't until 1957, 250 years later, that Massachusetts formally apologized for um, the events of 1692. Wow. So it took a long time for them to say, oops, sorry. Our bad. So there you go. Well, that was an interesting topic. I find it fascinating. I mean, it's tragic, but just fascinating. So I I think you ought to tell your your brief personal experience story about your your ghost that came and okay. visited you. So I know you've given it before, but... Yeah. If you've listened to our podcast for any length of time, we've mentioned this a couple times, but this would fit in really well. So Chad and I went to Boston a few years ago for his work, and I said, ooh, if we're going to be in Boston, we've got to go to Salem. So we did a 45-minute train ride, and we got there. It was kind of the off-season. They were going to open, like, in a couple of days. I tried to to muscle my way in, say, we're clear from Utah. I still got to know. Um, but the witch house, and that's what it's called, the witch house, which was one of these magistrates' homes, one of the places that they actually had some of the trials in, was open. And, I mean, it just, it looked exactly like you think it's going to look. And, you know, inside was pretty cool. Wood timbers, wood frame, uh, dark, you know I mean? Rustic. I mean, yeah. 1690s. 1692, yep. So uh, we walked back into the kitchen area, and they had like a table, and they had herbs and stuff hanging on the wall. And um, I felt a spirit there. And I made the mistake of saying out loud, I know you're there. I don't know why I felt the need to do that. <laughs> feeling cool. I don't know, feeling all caught up in the in the spookiness of Salem, I guess. Um Anyway, from there we went to the House of Seven Gables and and did our thing and went to our hotel and the next day we got up and got on the airplane and, and came home, right? And I'm thinking, that's cool, we got to go to Salem, maybe we'll go back someday during the on season. And the next day, so like our first full day home, this is in March, early March, well Utah is still a little chilly in early March. 
So I hop in the car to go somewhere, and the air conditioner comes on. I don't really think much about it because, you know, sometimes when you turn your car on, whatever happened when you turn the car off just starts happening again. So I reached over and turned it off. About a block later, it comes on again. And I thought, so I turned it off again. Did it like three or four times, and I thought, someone's in the car with me. So um, I turned and looked in the passenger seat, because I'm in the car by myself, and I said, can you knock that off? And it stopped. And if you remember, um, Peaches was on our team at the time, and her great-grandmother was with her, and and her great-grandmother would sometimes come and hang out with people. She really liked Castle, so great-grandma Annie would go hang out with Castle most of the time, but she would come and check on all of us. So I, I contacted Peaches, and I said, hey, you know, was Annie hanging out with me today? And Peaches said, no, she wasn't. So I thought, hmm. So um, I come home, and my I'm trying to make this story short because I can make this really long if you let me. So I came home, and at the time I had a daughter. My daughter, my youngest, was oh, three or four. And I put her in her room to take a nap. And she had this metal flower on the outside of her wall. And um, I just, she was asleep, but I heard that bang. And I thought, that's really weird that I'm hearing that bang, you know, as though she shut the door because she's up there, she's asleep. So fast forward um, about an hour, and I was standing in my kitchen where my kitchen is. I can see the front door, and it's not very far away. And between the kitchen where I was standing, cutting up some vegetables for dinner, and the front door, there's a piano off to the side in a little side room. One of my boys came home from school, walked in the door, and as he's walking in the door, I hear the piano play, just three or four notes. And I looked at him, and I said, did you just play the piano? And he's looking at me like I just grew a third eye, because he said, you just saw me not play the piano, because I just walked in the door and you've seen me and I said is there somebody sitting at the piano and he said no and I said did you hear the piano play and he said yeah I did actually and so I'm thinking all right um so he goes off he's doing his thing my older daughter is upstairs at this time and um you know the house is kind of quiet and she kind of hollered down the stairs. She goes, Mom, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And she goes, well, you're crying. And I said, I'm not crying. She says, I, I clearly heard you crying. I said, I'm, I'm not. I said, I don't know what you heard. But So by this time, I'm thinking, okay, air conditioner's coming on. I'm hearing weird banging noises that shouldn't happen. I'm hearing piano playing. My daughter's hearing crying. Something's, something's going down. So I, I got a hold of Peaches again. I said, will you send Annie over here? Tell me what the heck's going on in my house. So she calls me up a few minutes later, and she says, Well, you have a spirit in your home. She thinks her mother was one of the accused, not necessarily one of the ones killed, but one of the accused. And she thinks that you are the accuser. So if you go up and you look up Abigail Williams, um, after you scroll through like three pages of actresses that played her in various Salem movies and get to some of the drawings from the time, it's just a girl with long, dark hair. And I've got long, dark hair. I mean, you don't look at it and go, oh my gosh, that looks exactly like Raven. But you go, oh, okay. I, <laughs> I could see it. I can see it. 
So she was very mad at me, and she was trying to hurt me. And I could feel her standing by the bed glaring at me. Um, I was in the bathtub one day and had the shower curtain pulled, and I could see her pacing outside the shower. And I, I actually opened the shower curtain. I'm like, a little privacy, please, that'd be great. And then she went away. Anyway, Peaches came over, and with the help of Annie, we were able to convince her that um, this is one of those things about ghosts. They just, they're not focused on on their surroundings. I mean, we were showing her my cell phone. Does this look familiar? Look at my clothes. Did these clothing, does this clothing look, look at the furnishings. Does anything look familiar? Anyway, we were finally able to convince her that... You were not the accuser? That I was not Abigail Williams from 1692. That I was... If you are, you look really, really good. Thank you. The same trip was the one that they thought I was 17. They thought I was your daughter. So, you know, there is that. I know. So, anyway. Um, that is my story of my Salem witch ghost that I brought home with me. Well, that's a great personal experience. Our junk drawer tonight is brought to you by Utah Freeze Dried for Pets and Rescue Pets Bathhouse, where we are pet nutritionists and groomers. We help you take care of your pets from the inside out. And my dogs, I need to get a new hoof from you because my dogs have almost chewed up their hoof. And they we love have plenty. Their hoof. They love Come their hoof. on in. Alrighty, our junk drawer. This is amazing. Um, someone out there is paying attention and they're saying Raven has not made her Harry Potter reference yet. No. I forgot about that. Ha <laughs> ha. Someone out there didn't and they're thinking now, dang it, I was at a at a I was at the Crystal Ray and they had a rock there, a stone there called a muggle stone, and I bought it just to make my Harry Potter reference. I can't find it. I don't know what I did with it. So I will talk about that next time. But you've got your Harry Potter reference. That's some muggle stone. That's some creative marketing right there. It's called the Muggle Stone. The muggle Stone. Muggle Stone. I partly think it's a little made up, but that's just me. We'll still talk about it. Um, but I did find a little blurb while researching Salem Witch Trials about why, about the whole witches and brooms. Have you ever thought about that? Why witches fly around on brooms? Yes. Yeah, I'm interested. Which is also in Harry Potter. They've got broomsticks. Harry Potter flies on one. So there you go. He gets what is, what's his call the, that he does the... Firebolt. Firebolt something, yeah. And then there's like a 2,000 there's or something. There's a Nimbus The Nimbus 2,000. And then that gets eaten by the Whomping Willow. And then gets eaten by the Whomping Willow. See, we're getting Harry Potter references. In and then he gets a firebolt. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so, back to f- witches so and broomsticks. It's kind of a stereotype, right? Witch, broom. So... We're not even really sure when a broom was invented, but the act of sweeping goes back to ancient times, and they you know, probably just used some, some sticks and reeds and whatever they had to you know, brush away ashes in the hearth. Um, it even shows up in the New Testament, which dates back to the 1st and 2nd centuries. So the word comes from a plant or shrub, which uh, they would use to make sweeping devices, and then it was replaced at some point by an old English word, besom, which reminded me of bezoar, which is how you cure poisonings, also in Harry Potter. So um, they, both of these terms have been used up until the 18th century, and they're primarily associated with women, you know, because men would be out doing farming and the hunting and the women would, you know, be cooking and cleaning and stuff. And so it really kind of became a powerful symbol of female domesticity. 
So we've got some symbolism going on there, Doc. Mm-hmm. So, but even though it's a symbol for domestic women, the first witch to confess riding a broom or a bee psalm was actually a man. And his name was, oh, I don't know how to say this, G-U-I-L-L-A-U-M-E, Edlin. There's a trick to say this, I know it, and I'm going to do it wrong. I don't know, we're just skipping it. So, they don't even know how to say it because they refer to him by his last name in these notes. <laughs> it's like, we're not, we're not going to step on that landmine, nope. So Edlin was a priest from um, an area in France near Paris, and he was arrested in 1453 and tried for what? Witchcraft after publicly criticizing the church's warnings about witches. It's like, this is crap. They're like, you're a witch. Of course. You know. So his confession, though, came under torture, and he eventually repented, but he was still imprisoned for life. But at least they didn't burn him or hang him. Um... Just, so, just in prison for life. Just in prison for life. <laughs> you know, because I'm sure that prisons back then were just a treat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but by the time That's, his confession... Oh. Go ahead. By the time his confession came about, the idea of witches riding on broomsticks was already established. Um, this dates back to 1451, when some illustrations appeared uh, in a manuscript of a French poet um, called Le Champion... The Defender of Ladies. And again, don't make fun of my French accent. Um, It has a picture of two women soaring around the air on a broom. Um, One flies on a broom, the other's just on a plain white stick. Um, They both have headscarves that that, um, identify them as members of this Christian sect that was kicking around in the 12th century called Waldensians. And they were branded as heretics by the Catholic Church, partly because they allowed women to become priests. Mm. How dare they? Mm -hmm. Um, They also think it was linked to a pagan ritual. Uh, They think it was a pagan fertility ritual where rural farmers would leap and dance astride poles, pitchforks, or brooms in the light of a full moon to encourage the growth of their crops. Um, This broomstick dance became confused with common accounts of witches flying around in the middle of the night um, on their way to orgies and other illicit meetings. Right. It was always my understanding that the broom was a phallic symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, they also thought to be the perfect vehicles for special ointments and salves, which the witches brewed to give themselves the ability to fly. So in 1324, when the wealthy Irish widow by the name of Lady Alice Keitler was tried for sorcery and heresy, investigators reported that in searching her house they found a pipe of ointment wherewith she greased a staff upon which she ambled and galloped through thick and thin. Ambled and galloped? Yes. <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was like those little ponies with the heads and the sticks. <laughs> and you just like go running, <laughs> frolicking yeah. through the meadow. That's what I was seeing. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Like Your stick horse? Cowboy hat and a couple six shooters or something. <laughs> Monty Python reference. Maybe they could get some, some coconuts. And there you go. Clip, 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 clip. <laughs> Amble and gallop. Amble and gallop. So, and then in the beginning of the 17th century, um, accounts of witches on broomsticks, uh, they used to think that they would fly out of chimneys. That became more commonplace because back in the day, um, 
there was this custom where women would prop a broom up outside a door or place it up a chimney to let other people know they're away from home. Hey, we're not home. We're going to advertise <laughs> yeah. it. We don't, we don't do that these days. Now it's like leave your lights on right. so that people think you're home. But back in the day, we're not home. We're going to put our broom outside just to prove that. Just um, so you all know. Yep. Interesting. So, yeah, for some reason, they because they would put their broom in the chimney. And how, I guess you walk into the house and, oh, the room's in the chimney. They're not home. I guess we'll leave. What is this? Yeah, maybe they... I don't know. I mean, I guess most of the time people would be out in the fields or something, right? So maybe that's just way of like, hey, the one time in their life just, that they're away from their town. I just can't imagine, you know, the neighbor coming over, walking in the house. Oh, her iron's on the island. I guess I'll leave. Obviously out of town. <laughs> Obviously. Anyway, so there you go. But the weird thing, very few accused witches ever confessed riding a broom. Just FYI. But that's it. That's the Halloween symbol right there. Got yep. that big old full moon and a silhouette of a witch on a broomstick. And yep. then there's Elizabeth Montgomery from Bewitched and that symbol. Yeah, there's a statue of that in Salem, too. I know. There is. I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. It's fun. Good on you, Salem, for embracing the witch culture. Thanks for listening. Uh, last but not least... Get your Supernatural Hour swag at advancedparanormal.com. We have all sorts of awesome swag. Tapestries, cups, bumper stickers. I still don't have my notebook. It makes me sad. Oh, t-shirts. You name it. Pencils. Yeah, we were talking about that at the beginning of the school year. Mm-hmm. We need to get those. All right, well, head on over and you can pick them up at advancedparanormal.com. Also at advancedparanormal.com, you can find our sage sprays, sage rollers, lip balms, cleansing kits, different types of things that we make in-house. Also, we want to ask you to follow us on YouTube, check us out, TikTok. Uh, We're all over social media. Like, share, follow. TikTok, how many many people do you have? Last time I looked, (laughs) 1,515. And just one last little shout out to our country. Our friends at Backcountry Off-Road Adventure Rally. I wanted to make sure I didn't say off-road too many times. I'll get there. That's Boar, right? Boar. All right. Boar, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I try really hard, but my brain is made of unicorn dust. All right. Stay spooky, my haunty friends. Love you, necklace. Have a good one. Hey, good night. You've been listening to The Supernatural Hour at AdvancedParanormal.com. The Supernatural Hour is part of the Radio Ronin Network, found at RadioRonin.com. Copyright 2021 by Advanced Paranormal Services.